Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 25 years. I'm a life coach, fantasy author, and engineer. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. Hi, I'm Jesse Tugney, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 10 years now. I'm currently a student at Montana State and learning more and more about how our world works. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, feature members of the type 1 community who are just like you, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 139 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're talking with Taja Cato, a type 1 diabetes podcaster, and she's also a health and fitness coach teaching type 1 diabetics how to lose fat. Jesse has the win this week. All right. So my win this week is that on Thursday, I will be heading back to Seattle for spring break. And with midterms being over-ish, I think I did pretty well. So that's my win. (laughs) And when will you know your final results? When I get back from spring break, which I can't just can't fix it before I go on vacation. So you get to spend all of spring break, like stressing about your grades. Yep. I feel like they could have planned that better. Yep. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not going to argue with it anymore. I'm too tired. Alrighty. Well, for my fail, as of this recording, I still have not set up my new insulin pump. I got my replacement tandem pump last month thanks to my insurance changing right when my warranty expired or like a month later. So I have a new pump, but I haven't switched over to it yet. That'll just happen when I have time. Jesse, what's our hack this week? All right. Our hack is that you should probably have a main supply and then a smaller supply with both daily and non-daily stuff that you may need. For example, I have a box of all of my diabetic supplies in my closet. And then next to my desk, I have a drawer full of diabetic supplies that I use generally on a daily basis that includes Mio's reservoirs, patches, my sensor change outs. But it's my go-to spot rather than having to get out all of the supplies ever. So yeah, I do that's that my too. Yeah. I do that too. I have a drawer in my little organizer drawer container thingy behind my desk. And one of the big drawers is just dedicated to sensors and sites and reservoirs. And I just do a box at a time. And once I run out, I just put a new new set of boxes in there. All right, here is Taja. Hi, Taja. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. So tell us who you are and the role that diabetes plays in your life. So my name's Taja, and I've been living with type one for just over 22 years. And I was diagnosed when I was nine. I'm 32 now. And I grew up in Canada. And I moved to the United States when I was 24 to do like to be in the entertainment industry. And during that time when I was living in Los Angeles, like I'm sure you guys can relate, I was trying to hide diabetes. I was just really self-conscious about it because I didn't really know anyone. And it just seemed like this big thing that I didn't want people to know about. And I was struggling at the time, well, as long as I can remember, to just feel comfortable in my skin and with how my body looked. So it was during this time that I was also getting into fitness. And then once I achieved my fitness goals, I I started, I was on social media and I didn't even know the 
diabetes community existed and that I found it on Instagram. And then through that, people started being like, well, will you help me achieve my fitness goals? And so organically, I started coaching other people and helping them achieve their fitness goals. And that's sort of how diabetes started becoming more of a positive in my life. And now here we are today, where I feel like just through the community, like what was once a really sort of shameful thing for me, sort of now I can look at it and it's connected me with so many like-minded people like you guys even that I didn't even know was possible. So now it's more of a positive thing. So tell us the story of your diagnosis. And did you know anything about diabetes beforehand? I didn't. I So I was nine and it was during a road trip, myself and my family. It was my mom and my dad and my grandmother and my little sister. And we were driving. Have you guys been to Canada before? Yeah. You have? Okay. Okay. So we were driving to Edmonton, Alberta from British Columbia. And I had like all the symptoms, like I was going to pee a lot and I was drinking. I remember like just getting up in the middle of the night, having to go pee so bad. And I was thirsty all the time. I was really skinny too. So all of these signs, I guess my parents had an idea that it you know, wasn't normal and maybe it was due to diabetes. So as soon as we got home, two weeks later, I went to the hospital or the doctor and I was diagnosed with type one diabetes. So they like, I was in DKA too. So they rushed me to the hospital. And prior to that, I had never really been to a doctor. I'd never been to a hospital. So it was this huge shock to my system. (laughs) So the whole experience, I think it was a little bit traumatic. I'm sure you guys can probably relate to that. (laughs) It was just, and I had no idea, like I found this It was this journal entry that I wrote when I was nine and I had written that I was scared because I didn't know if I was going to be okay. And it was just this huge thing that like, we just didn't even know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was there any family history? No, no family history at all. Wow. I know. So the weird thing... Yeah, sorry. The the weird thing is because my family, we went traveling all the time when I was little And when I was three or I was two or three and my family, they always went to India. So they took me to India and I had a really bad reaction to one of the vaccines before I went. So I don't know. The doctor thought like maybe that could have had some sort of reaction. But then also I got whooping cough when I was in India and I almost died. So you know how people will say sometimes after being really sick, they'll be diagnosed with type one. So I'm like, maybe that could have had something to do with it. I just don't know. Like even years later, like, is that a possibility? Right. (laughs) I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no. We're pretty sure mine was triggered by a vaccine, but I was also two and a half. So there was a pretty short period of time between those two two events. How old were you when you were diagnosed? Uh, Two and a half. Jesse was. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was like eight, eight years old. It was like two weeks before my ninth birthday. So, Uh. Right around the same age. I totally, totally can relate. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and two and a half. That's like, that's, that's so crazy to think, you know? Well, we also have a friend who was diagnosed at 18 months. Wow. So crazy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of mind boggling. And most of the people we talk to don't have a family history of it. That's Mm -hmm. also mind boggling. Yeah, it is mind boggling. And also too, because so many people that I talk to now, it's like the diagnosis is getting later and later in life, which is also very interesting, isn't it? (laughs) 
It's like they should research this or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Do you have any favorite and least favorite things about Type 1? Well, I would say my favorite thing is just the community. It's really just such an amazing, amazing thing that we're all, you know, so connected on such a personal level, but we're just, you know, com- maybe some of us are completely different or living on different sides of the globe. And then the thing that I hate the most is just, it's like just that constant nagging thing that just never goes away. It's like, no matter what you're doing, diabetes is always still there. (laughs) So yeah. And then how do you manage your diabetes? Like with an insulin pump, shots, CGM, et cetera? I'm using the Dexcom and then I use the Tandem T-Slim insulin pump. I'm also on the, on the T-Slim and uh, funny story. I just got my new T-Slim from insurance because insurance changed. I still haven't set it up. (laughs) Really? So are you? Oh, nice. I'm on the old one. (laughs) That's so funny. But at least you have a a backup one now, right? Yeah. The one I'm currently wearing will become the backup. (laughs) Yeah. Did they call you to say that your like warranty was expiring? Oh yeah. They they were calling nonstop in November and October back when my okay. uh, warranty actually did get up. And then yeah. I switched insurances at the end of December, beginning of January. So it took a whole, it was like a whole process to get the new pump through uh, and then actually get it paid okay. for and then shipped. And you know, I just haven't had a good chance to, to turn it that's on. That's so funny. Well, that's funny because also I've been getting calls in the last month because my insurance or my warranty expires on the 29th of March. And because I haven't really paid into my deductible that much this year, it's, I'm like, do I just like, I'm, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Cause it's like, I think I'm just going to be paying for the cost of a new one. So like, maybe I should just wait. <laughs> well, that one ate my entire HSA deductible. Oh, <laughs> it was <God>. nice. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. What, what way of eating have you found works best for you to manage your blood sugars? For me, I found that like I tried to, I wouldn't say that I try to eat low carb, but I think just in choosing certain carb choices that contain more fiber, just like that kind of way, like I'm just super mindful of eating more high volume foods and like lots of fiber rich foods. Like when I go grocery shopping, I'll pick the bread that has more fiber and I'll just try to pick foods like that that are easier on my blood sugars. But I don't try to stick to any set diet, really. Like, I'll still enjoy the food that I want when I want it. Which I think having the pump probably helps us a little bit. I don't know. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. So what does burnout look like and mean to you? It's interesting because I... When I think of burnout, I ha- I don't know that I've really experienced that that burnout that some people talk about where it's like you just you can't do it anymore and having the devices, but I, I think there was a time when I was a teenager where and I don't know if it was burnout or just me being like really adamant about wanting to not be different at all and so I was just like I'm not going to test my blood sugar. So I don't know if that would be burnout, but um I think in my day-to-day life, I will have moments where I feel kind of burnt out. Like, for example, recently, because I've been traveling so much and I'm, you know, it's like, I'll go, I'll leave the States for three months at a time. And so making sure I have all the supplies that I need. And then the other day I was on, on the phone with insurance for like eight hours, just trying to figure out like, okay, am I going to be able to get that? Am I not? And then it never got resolved. And I was like, I'm so burned out today. (laughs) So I go through like moments and periods like that, but 
I don't know that I've ever experienced a full on burnout like some people do. I'm assuming that you've seen people with burnout before and like you have people who have had it and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. What advice would you give to them or other diabetics who are also feeling burnt out? I think that it's, I mean, it's probably just such a personal thing, right? But if I like in a moment where I feel really stressed or just burned out from just the day-to-day diabetes (laughs) ups and downs, I think just remembering that like every day is a new day. And when I think of like just blood sugars in general and how sometimes I can feel burnt out or have like ups and downs or roller coaster days, but just knowing that after the span of three months, like even despite those days, you're still going to be doing fine. It doesn't mean that you're going to suddenly have complications and just taking that space that you need to like do whatever you need to do or give yourself a little bit of grace because it's going to be okay. (laughs) So that's what I try to do. It's kind of like saying one day of bad blood sugars isn't going to ruin the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah, totally. And just knowing that we're not alone, I guess too, right? Yeah. Knowing what you know now, is there anything you wish you or your parents had done differently in the first few years of diagnosis, kind of accepting all of the the uh, technology advances? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one cuz I'm like technology is so it's advanced so far now. <laughs> I think that I probably such a good question. I feel like I probably would if I could go back. I mean, it's so much easier said than done, but like if I could have just accepted that the situation that I had diabetes and just accepted it for what it was instead of just trying to hide it all the time, I think that it would have helped me mentally and also just physically like with my with my blood sugars because it took me so long to accept diabetes that for the longest time I didn't get a CGM, I didn't use an insulin pump and I was really resisting it. And then as soon as I got a CGM, I was like, oh my God, I feel so much better. My blood sugars are so much better. It's just, you know, so I think that's one thing. If I could go back, I would just be like, whatever, I'm just going to get it now and see if I like it. (laughs) But I did it. So, and it's, yeah, it's easier said than done. And then do you have any like favorite or cherished memory memories about life with type 1 diabetes? I think it really just goes back to the community for me. I, yeah, I don't, I honestly, when I was a kid, I don't have any fond memories of diabetes at all, really, because I was the only one even in my school that I knew that was living with type 1. So I just, I felt alone a lot of the time. But I think just the community now, it's just such a beautiful thing. So that's, yeah. So I read on your website that when you were younger, you had an unhealthy relationship with food. And that's actually something type 1 diabetics are more at risk at is disordered eating. So what would you say your journey was like for healing that relationship with food? Yeah, for me, so I I know that we're all so different. For me... I really do well when I have like a schedule or a list or I'm like, I'm tracking things like that helps me sort of feel like I have control over my body and my life. So whether it's like looking at my CGM all the time and looking at trends or when it comes to my food, what really helped me because I went through a, a period of just 
especially living in LA, I was like trying to do all the fad diets and cut carbs out completely and cut fat out and do all these things that these like beautiful models were doing. And I was like, well, I'm going to look like them. And so I was trying to do all these things. And then my hair started breaking and falling off and my blood sugars were crazy. So I went down all these like roads that were just really unhealthy. And in order to get out of it, I really focused on just like, okay, like, let me look at my body individually and just figure out like how much food I actually need. And instead of cutting things out of my diet, like I'll just eat what I want. And I'll just make sure that I'm doing enough exercise and not overeating and being more mindful of low snacks because those can add up and just kind of like looking at things like that instead of being really restrictive because that did not work for me at all. Like I would restrict things and then I would end up craving them and then I would binge eat and it was just this really unhealthy cycle. So really being like, okay, if I can have freedom to eat whatever I want and just be more mindful of calories, then... I can just feel more free with the food that I am eating. So that's what helped me. But I know that's not for everyone. <laughs> so what's your top piece of advice for type 1 diabetics struggling with like disordered eating? I think it depends. Like, I mean, because everyone's situation is probably a little bit different. But I think it's really, really important that everyone's body is... We need to look at it individually and really make sure that we're fueling our bodies with the right amount of food for ourselves. And so I think that if someone's struggling with disordered eating, really focusing on that aspect. And oftentimes, like people will try to restrict foods or they'll try to eat too little. And there's, and it's really not helpful in the long span of just maintaining or achieving a physical goal. So really making sure that you're looking at your body individually. I think that'd be like my number one tip. So you have two diabetes podcasts, Diabetes Uncensored and More Than Just A-Type. How did you end up with two podcasts and what's it like running both of those? Yeah. So I started More Than Just A-Type in 2019. And it's been actually a little bit since I've been posting on it, but I am thinking about getting back into it because I've just been, I mean, to answer your question, it did get a little bit <laughs> a little bit intense because I'm editing both podcasts. But it's been a lot of fun too. And Sarah, she lives in Australia. She's a gal who I started Diabetes Uncensored with. And we we met each other on Instagram just randomly. And then we we found that, you know, we're dealing with the same sort of experiences when it came to type one diabetes. So that was really fun to connect with her and then start that podcast. So that's sort of what we've been or what I've been like putting a lot of energy into right now. But yeah. What would you say the main messages of each of those podcasts are? Mm. Diabetes Uncensored is really just just talking about all the stuff that we all go through, but nobody really likes to talk about, like when it comes to dating and diabetes and just all those things that it's like we as people living with type one or diabetes, we understand, but we don't really talk about like even for example, before I started talking to you guys today. My, I was putting on a pair of jeans and it ripped my Dexcom sensor off. And I was like, this is the perfect time. But if I was talking to, you know, if it was an interview with someone else, like maybe I wouldn't go into detail about it. Right. <laughs> but it's like these little things that you're, and then I'm like rushing. I'm like, Oh my God, I got to hurry. And 
fix and put on a new sensor and just all, you know, we're always multitasking and doing, doing these things, but we don't really talk about it all the time. So that's diabetes uncensored. And then more than just a type, um, I really have focused on just sharing information that helps people when it comes to nutrition and just achieving their physical goal with type one diabetes. I think that's the main message. And that was the reason I started the podcast to just share information like that. I totally relate to the accidentally ripping off your sensor because I did that a couple weeks ago, right before Bible information class. And it was like five minutes before we had to leave. And I just accidentally ripped it right out of my arm. Oh, no. It's like (laughs) always the worst timing. (laughs) Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, I just I don't have time to be mad. I just need to slap another one on and get out the door. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So are you in Costa Rica right now? I've seen I'm not. On your in- oh, okay. Yeah. I got, I, so I flew to Arizona on Thursday because I can only stay there for three months and then I have to renew my visa. And so I'm in Arizona because my boyfriend's here with his grandma. She's in the hospital. So I was like, okay, I'm going to come here and see them. And then this upcoming Sunday, I'm going to fly back to Costa Rica. So. Okay. I thought from your recent Instagram posts that you're you're in Costa Rica because it looks gorgeous on all of those yes. Instagram posts. I know. I'll be there soon again. How do you handle getting diabetes supplies in those different places? Or do you just bring those three months of supplies with you and then deal with the eight hours of insurance calls? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so I try to bring enough supplies to last. And I don't know about you guys. Like, Do you guys restart your Dexcom sensors? I have tried to in the past okay. and I used to be able to before they changed the transmitter codes mm. and they just, they, they messed it up. So you can't really restart it very reliably anymore. I just stopped trying, yeah. but I have, yeah. I, I ended up building a kind of a backlog of sensors because okay. when they fail, I, I call them every time, even if it's just yeah. a few hours before it's supposed to turn off. I'm like, Hey, it died. Please send me yeah. a new one. That's good. Yeah. So, cause I've been restarting them. So now I have enough backup sensors that I can actually relax a little bit when I'm out of the country. Cause I know that if something happens, I'll always have one on hand, but I generally try to travel with enough. And then when I, cause I was stuck in Costa Rica during the pandemic, like by mistake, they closed the border at the very beginning. It was like mm, March, 2020. And I was there for eight months because I couldn't get back. (laughs) And so during that time, I like obviously didn't bring enough supplies. And so I found a service that would ship my supplies to Miami. And then from Miami, they would ship them to me. And somehow, I don't know how they do it, but they like bypass going through like the medical something. Because in Costa Rica, it's like, even if you send makeup, it's going to get held up at the border because they have really strict regulations when it comes to anything medical or cosmetic. So somehow this service like gets them to me and I was able to get my my stuff. So now I feel good like okay if I can't for some reason like this trip for example if I'm unable to get enough supplies because I can't deal with insurance for that many hours then at least I know this service can be like a plan B but that's that's great having that and I do not have time to be on the phone for eight no. hours of insurance. So I'm really sorry you have to deal with that. I know. It's so frustrating. I feel like that's like the number one, the number one thing that's like lately has been, oh my God, really diabetes? <laughs> that's that's I don't my have struggle time too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> well, my insurance doesn't want to cover my Novolog. Oh my God. They want to switch me to Humalog and I can't be on Humalog from, from multitude of reasons. And my doctor yeah. keeps sending notices to them and like appeals and they they just don't respond or they just deny it. And I'm like, 
come on, work with me. It's so frustrating. Like, I don't know anything that's more frustrating than like not being able to get what you need to actually live. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. So pivoting a little bit, let's talk okay. about your fat loss for type ones program. I checked it out and I, I'm kind of intrigued. So please tell okay. me more. <laughs> yeah. So my fat loss for type ones program, basically when I coach people one-on-one, like well, it's macronutrition coaching. So we set up like the amount of protein, fat, and carbs that your body needs every day. And it's individual for every person. And then that equals the amount of calories your body needs for fat loss. And so we really focus on fat loss. And so we just go through like customizing everything to your body, customizing your workout routine, because some people will be at the gym, some people are from home. So just making sure that you're not... because. A lot of time people think like when it comes to fat loss, they have to exercise more and eat less food and all these things. But when you're exercising too much, you're actually putting more stress on your body, which can make it even more difficult to achieve your goals. And so really making sure that you're doing the key exercises that are going to help you. So we go through all that and then how to keep your blood sugars more stable when you exercise, because that can be super frustrating. And the leaner you are and the more muscle you build, the more insulin sensitive you'll be. So we really cover all of that. And then like, once you like, say, you know how much food your body needs as your body adapts to what you're doing. And this goes for exercise too, your weight loss progress will stall. So we go over like how to continuously keep losing fat so that that your body doesn't adapt to what you're doing, which is really important. And it's, it's really helpful. And so basically I have like, they're all the steps that I use when I'm trying to lose weight. And when I'm working with clients and I've just put it all into a program so that people can go through it and do it on their own, essentially. So that's what the program is. I feel like I need that. (laughs) You know what? I actually... So I I put together a code for you guys. So if you want to give it a code to your audience so they get 10% off, I created a code. Yeah. So if you want to offer that, you can. Yeah. So... Just what is the code? Please tell our audience if you are yes. interested in this fat loss for type one type one's program. Taja has yes. a code for you. <laughs> the code is this is type one. Is that the number and one? Yes, the number one. Okay. Yeah. Numeral, and numeral you get 10% one. off. <laughs> 10% off of fat loss for type ones. Thank you very yeah, much for offering that to our audience. Welcome. Thank you. Of oh my gosh. Yeah, you're so right about like maintaining like how much your body needs, especially when you're working out. Because I mm-hmm. I play rugby for my college that I go to, I feel like during the season and like I'm working out like five times a day, I eat so much food and it's so crazy because I'm always like, I need to be getting stronger, but then I'm getting stronger yeah. and I'm eating so much protein and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, and stressing and yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. If I go on a hike, yeah. my blood sugar drops. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. It's so frustrating. Yeah, it really is. So what advice do you have for like young diabetics out there? I I would say that I mean, first of all, like you're not alone, even though I felt like alone I was alone for a long time. But I think just really I think like everyone's journey is gonna look so different. And so at some point, whether you feel like you accept diabetes or not, at some point you will. And I think it's just important to give yourself a little bit of grace and just know that like, obviously the ups and downs are going to be there and we all go through them. But when you can accept diabetes and it will happen eventually, I think it makes it so much easier to really effectively manage and feel your best ultimately, right? That's kind of what I found. Do you have any projects that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? 
Yes, I do. Actually, I'm writing a book. I love to write. So it's like I've just been writing since I was a kid. So I'm, I've been working on putting together a book for really specifically fat loss and type one, because there's not really any, any books that cover the steps. And when I read books, I like, like they're my Bible. Like I'll read certain books and I'll be like, okay, like this is like something that I can go to as a handbook when I need it. So I want to create, well, I am creating a book that really just can be that for people. And a lot of the information that I found, and even when I started, you know, working out and stuff, it was all sort of more related to guys and nothing really when it came to women in fitness and bodybuilding and managing blood sugars. So I'm, that's what I've been working on and I'm really excited about it. I'm hoping to have it done by 2023. Well, let us know when it's published and we'll tell our audience about it. Okay. Well, thank you. And then where can people find you online to follow your, follow you? (laughs) Yeah. So on Instagram is where I hang out most of the time at Taja Cato. And Diabetes Uncensored is my the platform that I share with Sarah, and we post all our videos on there. So those, either those two accounts, but Taja Kato is my main one. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you, Taja, for being on the show. All right. Our question for you guys this week is, have you heard of Taja's podcast. Have you listened to it? And when are you planning to check it out? That is it for this episode of This is Type 1. Thank you so much to Taja for coming on as a guest to the show. You can find Taja on Instagram at Taja Cato. That's T-A-J-A-C-A-T-O. Or you can follow Diabetes Uncensored at Diabetes Uncensored. And the uncensored is with an S, like a CGM sensor. So if you find yourself spelling it like uncensored, as in you're not going to censor something, then you're probably not going to find it. But you can find the link to all of those in the show notes. We also want to thank Taja for the code she has for you. If you want to join her fat loss for type ones program, use this is type one, and that's the numeral one for 10% off the program. The link for that is in the show notes. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 139. That's the number 139. If you want to be a guest on the show, apply by visiting thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. I'm on all social media as at inspiredforward, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. And we have a podcast Instagram as well. It is at this is type one pod. That's the number one. So if you do look us up, be f- sure to search it that way. And then I'm on Instagram as at JJ underscore crystal KAT. So please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type one diabetes or about the show. And then if you do reach out on Instagram, please make sure you mention you're a listener of the show. I would love to hear from y'all. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type 1 diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.